Welcome to the Review Name Podcast. I am, as always, Jordan. With me on the show tonight, I have Sam. Hello, it's me, as always. As always, it's Sam. And we are recording this uh, on December 30th, so this is our final podcast for 2012. By the time you listen to it, it will probably be your first podcast of 2013. But we're going to go ahead and treat this as sort of a a year-end podcast. Um, Sam and I are going to be riffing a bit, having some fun, doing a a New Year's (laughs) thing. Sam, I assume you're wearing the New Year's hat I sent you. Uh, for the people at home, they can pretend I'm wearing it and nothing at all as well. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's assumed at this point for our listeners that you're doing the podcast naked. That's become sort of a, an assumption. Yeah. And I, I think, think some fine. of them would like you to stop sending pictures of you recording it, but we can deal with that in another day. So I think we're just going to talk about something that, uh, gives Sam and I no end of anger, um, for a while this evening. And then we're going to sort of send off the year uh, for Review Be Named with some pop culture resolutions. So Sam, why don't we start with uh, something that, uh, that'll that get us nice and riled up. Why don't we talk about How I Met Your Mother, which was recently, it was recently announced will have a ninth season and will not be ending this year as we had previously thought. Well, you know, Jordan, of course you know this because we talk about this all the time, but How I Met Your Mother was, you know, once a great passion of ours. It was a really, really great sitcom. Um, it seemed to be the last great uh, multicam show on network television that we we both really, really enjoyed. And for years, it was so great. And like so many shows, at a certain point, it just got bad. And now it's borderline unwatchable. Maybe Jordan's been pushed off the edge a little bit to completely unwatchable at this point. I am still sticking around to find out who the hell is this, the stupid mother <laughs> and I want to, I just want to know, I want to see if we even get a fucking face or anything. Do we even see her? At this um, point, I think you're just going to see Ted shitting on the camera and then I'll be like, that's how I met your mother. You know what? No, because that would be too funny. And the show is not <laughs> capable of doing anything that funny. I'm sure they're going to find something that's kind of faux moving. Um, though what, what's more upsetting is that they're in reality, they're probably going to just have the last episode of the series in 20 years, I suppose, when that will be. The last episode of the series, it'll just be a shot of Ted looking into the distance and going, kids, then I met your mother. And then that was it. And then there will probably be a joke about how long it took to tell the story. And we'll all pretend, laugh at that. And then and then we'll just shoot ourselves. I was going to say, we'll either kill ourselves or the world will actually end. <laughs> Billions died today as, as the mother was revealed in How I Met Your Mother. No, Jordan, I don't know if you remember this, but isn't there an actual cutoff date? Because doesn't it give the year in the flashbacks? It's, what is it, 2023 or something? 2030 is when the show is taking, is when the narration is taking place. Okay, so suppose they're, the kids are, let's say, 15, 16? Those kids, like, there's no way that the older child is not... I think it's the girl, and there's no way she is not at least 16. But All right, so say she's 16, so that brings us... It has to be... The kid has to be born by what? 2014. 2014. Basically, t- Ted <laughs> has to meet the mother and pop out a kid immediately next year for the timeline to be... It has to be immediate, viable. too. you got to take into account the nine months. Yeah, there's some gestation going there on. There is apparently... Presumably. Humans, I don't human, know on this show anymore. Yeah, human beings have a nine-month gestation period. Um, Did not know that. Thank you. Yeah, um... So I don't, like, okay, so if she has to be born in 2014, that means she must be conceived next year. Has anyone thought about that fucking thing for a second? I, I don't think they have, honestly. I think, I, I, I don't know that they thought about anything. I mean I, guess, I mean, I guess we're going with she's X years old. They can always make her, you know, younger. Yeah, they can always say she's 14, I guess, if they want to. I guess. I mean, she didn't look 14, but sure, you can go with it. Yeah. Um, so the real reason I, I wanted to talk about this at, on our year-end podcast is because there is a legitimate chance that I'm going to jump off High Met Your Mother, which I would not have guessed at all at the beginning of this season, even though I think I thought the show has been bad for about three years now. I always it, It's a show that has always been, I'm going to stick it out to the end, I care enough about it, and um, I just want to see how it ends. So it never occurred to me that I might stop watching the show, but... After a string of episodes that I think may go down as the series' worst few episodes in a row um, and over the last few weeks, I was already up in arms talking to uh, Chris, who writes about the show for us still, that poor bastard. 
Um, I was talking to him saying, you know, I don't know if I can handle this anymore. Even for the, re- for the half season remaining, I don't know if I can keep watching the show. And then with the announcement that there was going to be another season, it's pushed me even closer to the edge of thinking, like, maybe I just stop watching. Maybe the, the last episode that aired is the last episode of the show that I see, <laughs> unless I hear that the ending is really good. And that, it, it's potentially viable. So um, why, don't we, why don't we turn to you first and talk about what you've thought of the last few weeks of the show and what you think about the announcement of the new season. Um, I can't say I'm particularly surprised that it got renewed for another season. I think the only hurdle was really uh, getting Jason Siegel to sign back on. Uh, he was kind of the key to the whole thing, I think. Um, because, well, you know, the other people have stuff going on. They don't have stuff going on like Jason Siegel has other projects. He, I mean, he's he opens a movie. I mean, he stars in movies. So, um, you know, I thought there was probably a good chance... Given, I mean, this show has become incredibly popular, which is boggles my mind because the show has gotten popular after its best seasons. Yeah, it's which, just, I, <laughs> I like to think in my heart of hearts that people like watch the first seasons and that's why it's popular now. But I think actually the worse the show got, the more people liked it. Yeah, and I mean, the show kind of does fake versions of what it used to do well. You know, we used to get excited about when they would give a flash forward or they said, or they would say, "Oh, we'll get to that later." And those used to be kind of exciting, fun things. They play with time, and they play with the flashback format of the show, and that would be really cool. Um, but now it's just kind of, it's. I mean, it, it doesn't work anymore. So we're gonna we're gonna see this stuff. Oh, I can't wait for that stupid thing. I don't care about to happen later. Oh well, yeah, I it, think that's the problem. Is that the mythology is drawn so thin at this point that when they say we'll get to that later it's like great i don't care if you got to it right now i care about like actual things happening in the show that you keep stalling and i think maybe for larger audiences that just that playing with the structure and the timeline of the show i think that is still interesting enough to some people uh i guess yeah, i mean not it's, to it's me definitely, it's definitely different than what you're getting on other sitcoms um so i can see how that would be enough for some people but yeah for me you know, it worked when the show was doing it well and when I cared about the characters and the story. But now that it's all sort of fallen off for me, it's just, it's sort of a, a tarp hanging over an empty structure, if you will. Um, so I think you enjoyed the last episode a lot more than I did. You were you were actually a fan of what they did with the Barney and Robin thing, right? Um, well, I, I like that they they brought it to a conclusion, I think. I think I was glad that I was glad that we had some sort of forward progress with the show. Granted, it wasn't forward progress with Ted, which I don't think will ever, ever, ever happen until maybe the wedding day. But I'm glad that I'm. <laughs> I think I might have liked it more because it came to an end, you know. And I, I liked, I liked that Barney. You know, we finally got them engaged, uh, even though that it's kind of an insane scheme he pulled. And a, an obvious one at that. I mean, it was pretty transparent that no, Barney was not going to end up with Patrice. Spoiler alert! Yeah, I can't sorry. believe that. Yeah. I really thought those two crazy kids would work it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I think I was just I was glad that they finally got hitched or they got engaged at least. And we that have I some. Understand. We have um, some forward movement. And, and actually, I think I'm. I think I might have laughed at something during that episode. <laughs> I think I seem to remember laughing at something in the two parter. I think the second half of it. Actually, I think the engagement scene itself worked fairly well for me, just because, you know, I, I have a lot of built-up uh, emotions in, in regards to these characters, and I've been rooting for Barney and Robin for a long time, even though it was such a train wreck when the show tried to do it before. Um, so I think the actual engagement itself, and even the long con of Barney's plan, sort of worked for me, but everything around it was such a fucking train wreck that... And then, then to think that, oh, Barney and Robin dated for a few months years ago, and yes, they've both been into each other since then, but instead of, like, maybe we should get back together, or, like, even, like, maybe we should move in together and try that out, it's like, let's just get married right off the bat. We haven't dated in several years, but let's just get pitched. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, we, we did argue about this. I think they, they basically hung out with each other every day, and they've certainly hung out with each other more than they have with either of their significant others that they've had in between their dating. So it's sure. not so crazy to me. The only thing that's been di- been missing is the sex. Yeah. Um, and they still got it for each other, so. 
I don't think that's I mean, gonna like, be that big of a deal. In, a, in in an episode that had worked better, or in a season that had worked better than this one has, I think I might have been more forgiving of it. But it came at the end of a two-parter that just... I, I think I was actually glaring at my television for about the last 45 minutes of it, because it was just progressively worse and worse until this thing happened that I had been waiting to happen for seasons, and it was like, great, so is that supposed to save the, the, the you know, flaming train wreck that has been the last 45 minutes? Um, and it didn't for me. And that came after, I don't even remember what the episode the week before the two-parter was, but I remember hating it. Um, one thing I wanted to mention about the two-parter while we're on that is that they, they, they introduced this concept of the pit person, and they seem to immediately contradict it, right? So the idea that, that they came up with is, is you put someone you hate in the pit, marry a pit person. Then they immediately were like, oh, but Marshall and Lily are Seth Green's pit person. When this, it seemed like the concept with Seth Green was that he loved them too much. So it didn't really, like, that didn't make sense at all to me, and that threw me out of the episode from almost the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't so into there that, uh, that kind of gimmick, and that they were all their own pit people. Yeah, it was, I mean, again, it was one of those things where the show was clearly trying to do something it did very well in its early years, which is coin the new term and, and make everyone go, oh, that is a thing that I've never thought about before. But instead it was like, oh, that's not, I mean, maybe there's people that we hate, but this is not, like, it's not a thing, and your definition isn't even consistent throughout the episode, and it's not funny, so thanks. Yeah, it's just, you know, this this episode, and if you look at the last, mm, I think I think something that's very telling about the show is if you go on IMDb and you look at the list episodes, and and each episode has a screen grab from that episode. Now, if you scroll through this this season, there is zero screen grabs. Of Ted, <laughs> none. Well, I think you're you're very vocal about your theory. Uh, well, your, your Lily theory is one thing, but your Ted hasn't been the center of the show in years theory, which is I don't even think a theory; it's a fact. You know, Ted hasn't been important to High Much Mother since season four. Really, that was the last time Ted had an actual story. No, and is it, is it such a coincidence that the show hasn't been that good? I think I think they might have fallen into a trap that the other players are all kind of stars now in their own regard. Um, to different degrees, um, but Neil Patrick Harris and Jason Siegel have really exploded. So naturally, that they'd give each of their relationships much more screen time, and now they're giving the they're giving Barney the the wedding episode that is normally reserved for the main character in these types of series, and they've been giving the Barney and Robin storyline the type of play that they've always given the main characters romantic interest in and and with marshall and lily their new parenting or having a baby episode is the episode that that happens to the main character in most series ted is on the periphery of all these things that should be happening to him now granted i understand the show is spinning it as ted feels bad because he thinks all these things are happening to his friends should be happening to him but in reality the show is just giving us all these things that every sitcom about people growing up you know, dating, getting married, having kids gives us, but they're happening to different people and they're happening to the more famous people on the show. And they're now becoming the complete focus. What was interesting about the show to me was following Ted's journey. And even when Ted was kind of an insufferable douche, you know, I liked the show a lot more than even and when I, I kind of hated Ted. Ted was a douche, but he was working through his problems, you know? Yeah. I always say the first four seasons of the show, I think you can break cleanly into arcs, you know? Each season did something important for Ted to the point where you could say this is a chapter in Ted's what Ted becoming the man he needs to become before he meets the mother. And then you get season five and six and seven and eight and it's like, oh, right, like nothing's happened to Ted. Basically, I think Ted was at a point where he could have met the mother at the end of season four, the way the show built it. And then he just never did. And so he just like there's just been nothing happening to him. And that's I I think that's a big problem and a reason the show is in decline. Uh, And I think that's something that anyone who watches the show who is as dissatisfied with it of late as we are probably agrees with is that Ted being less a focus of the show is hurting the show and is a sign of the show's decline in quality. But personally for me, I think we've mentioned this in the podcast before, but the big thing for me that is making me think I'm going to leave the show and not see it through to the end, 
uh, where I always figured, no matter how bad it got, I wanted to see Ted meet the mother, is over like the, the back half of season seven and this front half of season eight that we've just finished. It's become clear to me that the show is not really about Ted becoming the man he needs to become and finding the perfect woman for him. It's become a show about Ted never getting the girl of his dreams. Like, more and more, it's become obvious that Robin is the love of Ted's life, and Ted never gets her. And that, like, that breaks my heart, and it makes me less invested in meeting the mother, because ultimately I feel like it's the woman Ted settled for once it became ultimately clear that he would not get Robin. Yeah, it's going to be kind of this ultimate tragedy, It's you know? Right, and I don't, like, I don't really want to watch that. Because basically, Ted meets... When does Ted meet the mother? We all know he meets uh, the mother on the day of Robin's wedding. So it's like, immediately once it becomes clear that he cannot get Robin because she's married to his best friend, Barney, or his second best friend, whatever you want to call it. But immediately once Robin becomes married to Barney, Ted's like, oh, there's a girl. I'm going to marry her. Well, that's why I think... See, I think that problem could be saved if they make the mother a character. Now, I don't know if they're going to do that. That would be the smart thing. It makes sense. You can get, you can get all the stories you need, you know, for one or a season and a half. I mean, it looks like they're going to wait for the wedding until the end of season eight. If I had to guess, IMDb says that the next episode is called Bander DJ. So, surprise, surprise! Next episode is going to be all about Barney and Robin's wedding and them planning for the wedding. I think well, the I guess the clear answer is wedding band, right? Yeah. I, I would rather have a DJ. Yeah, I, I mean, that was a joke. Oh, I mean, some people go with band. Anyway, we're not... Jordan <laughs> and I are not getting married anytime soon, so we don't have to have this uh, discussion. But again, you know, Ted's going to be in the corner sobbing or something and doing something that doesn't matter to the show while the episode is going to be about Barney and Robin trying to figure out what, whether they want a band or a DJ. Maybe the band or DJ decision will mean something greater. It'll be symbolic of something that we don't care about. And of course... Marshall and Lily will be tired from the baby because that is what happens when you have a baby. Because that's their story now forever. That is their story now and they have no other stories, unfortunately. Maybe they'll have a story about them leaving the baby for a day. They already did see that, how, Oh, I guess, well, they'll leave another day and see how they do. <laughs> um, and that was, like, the problem that I have is I think all of this could be done well. Like, getting Barney and Robin together did not necessarily have to mean tragedy for Ted. And the show, I think, continues to step on its own feet when it does that, you know? They, they shouldn't have set up this episode as Ted, like, giving up the girl because he respects Barney and he knows that Robin really loves Barney. And he's a good guy at heart. Like, that's that's great. That's a nice character beat if you want the show to ultimately be a tragedy. Instead, they could have developed this Barney and Robin getting back together thing as Ted being over Robin, you know? They could have tried to, to overwrite the several seasons now that they've had Ted going back to Robin because they've had nothing else to do by just having Ted be completely over her. Um, instead of having the Victoria breakup be because Ted's not over Robin and then having Ted have to give up on Robin to ha- let her go be with Barney and be standing by that window looking really sad at his building opening because he didn't get the girl of his dreams. There's just, there's so many ways you can write around this so the show could be A, better, and B, not breaking my heart and making me not want to watch it anymore. Well, you know, I feel like this could all be saved. It, it it can be saved. Do I have faith that they will save it? No. But I think if they make the mother a character, you can you can have happiness for Ted. I swear to God, Sam, I think you and I have been saying that for like four years now. <laughs> we have. The, We've been like, saying... Season five, it's like, no, it's cool. As long as they make the mother a character, the show will be saved. And I still agree. If I found out, if they if they announced before the show comes back in January that they were ending the season with the wedding and the mother would be a character in season nine, I would watch the rest of the show. Because I have I have this weird thought that is probably completely wrong, and I think you agree with me that within this thought, even though I think it's completely wrong. We have this idea that if they introduce the mother, they'll be able to make the story convincing, they'll be able to make it work, they'll be able to save all these terrible years and make the show what we always wanted it to be. Now, all of that is probably completely a fantasy, but I still believe in that enough that if that was the announcement... I would be back on board. I would pretend this whole furious tirade against How I Met Your Mother had never happened. I would just watch the bad to mediocre show for another season and a half and then get it out of my life if I still have a life by the time this thing ends. If I haven't gotten old and died by the time the show ends. I mean, I think ultimately, no matter what, they're not going to have a lot of time with the mother character if they even decided to have a mother have the mother be a character on the show. 
I, I still think it would be better to have some time with her rather than none, rather than her just be some faceless entity. Um, but you know, that's, that's ultimately why I'm sticking around. This show had a very, very interesting premise just to get you in. And I want to know how it, I just want to know how it ends at this point. That's all I really care about. And it's not something where I can just not watch and then pick up on in the series finale. I actually, I do want to know how Ted gets there because once upon a time, the show was about Ted getting there and meeting the mother. And I completely agree with all of that, except that at this point, like I said, I I just think that what's going to happen is the show is going to be a bad sitcom for a year and a half. Then there'll be a wedding episode. um, Because I assume that at this point that they're going to stall longer and somehow not have it in season eight. Or they'll have it in season eight and do that thing they floated before where it's like flashbacks to different points in the series and different stories Ted forgot to tell. Either way, I assume... The last thing that we see is like, oh, and that's how I met your mother, and it's just like Ted looking across the room. But here's that's the thing. Here's the thing been my about... nightmare, and now I assume that's how the show ends. Here's the thing about season eight. Now, season eight, they were prepared for this season to be the series finale, correct? Yes. Is is the I assume the show, the last the back half of the season, it's written and filmed. No. They have not wrapped the season yet. That's how they, that's why they needed to know before uh, a certain date whether they were going to be renewed because they have not filmed the rest of the season yet. Okay. I assume, I mean, I'm sure. Because the thing is, if the last episode of the season is at the wedding, that means we're going to have to have a season of the mother, right? Unless they do the flashback thing they've floated. Carter and Craig have said before that they had an idea to keep the show going where they would just have each episode being like a different era of the friend group and it'd be like, oh, this is a story I forgot to tell you. And it wouldn't be like, the show continuing on. That would be, that years. would be a disaster. That's, that's the, I think the popular theory from what they've said about what, Wait, so you're saying, like. you're, you're saying he would meet the mom and then the next season would just be flashbacks before the wedding. Yeah. Like flashbacks to like, Oh, like this is the time in season three's period where we did this thing. That would be pointless. That I, that is so dumb. And this is, Sam, this is why I think I might have to jump off, because I think that's probably what's going to happen if the wedding ends this but year. But where have you heard the this? Wedding is this year. Where have you heard They've that? said it in interviews. I've they read interviews have? with them. Yeah. They, is this what they said that they're definitely going to do? No, no, no. They have not announced what they're definitely going to do. But in the past, like, I think last season or even the season before, they've said, well, this is a thing we've thought about doing with later seasons of the show. And at this point, if they... I think it all depends how much they filmed and that, you know, we don't know that. We just know the season hasn't wrapped yet. If they filmed enough that the wedding has to happen this year, my assumption is they will not continue the story because it seems like they've never, they've never said like, at least recently in the way back when they said, oh, we can see the show going on after the mother is mad. But in recent years, I've never heard them say like, we expect that the show will go on after after Ted beats the mother and we'll get to see their relationship. Well, it's it's so so far down the road now. That, I mean, no matter whether he meets her or not, they wouldn't have a lot of time with the mother anyway. So, of course, I don't think they were. It's just, it's such a disappointing show. <laughs> it's just so many ways. And this is, this is why this may be the, like, this may be the last time I'm able to talk about How I Met Your Mother with you guys as a viewer of the show. And by you guys, because you're the only one on this podcast, I do mean you. Um, the though, royal you guys though I do enjoy watching Chris slowly go insane trying to review this as we all prophesied he would yes uh, he will if the show defeats him as it did you and I he'll be the third review named writer to be destroyed by High Match Mother and to just have to give up on reviewing it well now I mean Chris since watching the show he's become completely hairless <laughs> um, that's that's actually a symptom of watching the show and having to review it yeah, um, no. Uh, Sam and I are both hairless head to toe, by the yes. way. Because I reviewed the show for three seasons, and you... I, on and off. Yeah, on, on and off, off for, for several seasons. I still have some hair on my head. <laughs> it's You sort of got the uh, the Larry David hair, I think. Yes. Mine. I'm just... I basically have alopecia at this point. I have no hair on my body whatsoever. Um, and I'm also very, very smooth and oily. It's a it's it's a terrible condition. I'm, I'm getting treated around the clock. That's right. So here's one good thing that I am... That at least a game I can play while watching How I Met Your Mother is my secret Buffyverse mm-hmm. alternate universe theory with Willow. 
And I want to explain how Seth, Gre- Seth Green's appearance on the show further backed up my claim. By all means, go to town with your uh, your crazy but still completely amusing Lily is Willow theory. <laughs> Seth Green plays a uh, someone they went to college, someone uh, uh, Lily and Marshall went to college with, and he is obsessed with them. Now both, now both uh, Marshall and Lily kind of dread seeing him again. And I find this because Lily has designed this reality that she's trying to block out everyone from her past. So, of course, she'll make Seth Green's character someone as undesirable as humanly possible. Now, what I find is Seth Green's character, Oz, has found a way to come and break through that alternative alternative reality. Because his character is so obsessed, that's a reflection of how he was in love with Willow. And he's of course obsessed with this couple now because it could have been him and Willow. And now it's this fake guy and Willow. In addition to that, Marshall and Lily realize that they actually really like him and that he's just like a nice guy who's, who loves them. And that's Lily kind of breaking down a little bit, remembering that she really did love Oz. But of course she has to go back with Marshall. Of course. Because, because... Otherwise, the song uh, would break and we'd be watching Buffy for the next season and a half. Which would be so horrible, right, Jordan? Um, honestly, if Ted <laughs> became a vampire slayer for the next season and a half, it would probably be better. And that would be a terrible, terrible turn of events. It would probably be better than what we're about to see. Hey, I mean, Ted, you. <laughs> Ted would be a part of the show, so... Yeah, and Willow would have magic powers, and maybe they just make Jason Segel a werewolf. That'd be, that could be a thing, whatever. But uh, um, so yeah, my theory: Oz was trying to break through, showed by his obsession with Willow, or Lily. They're cracks showing Jordan at the end of this thing. Sarah Michelle Gellar is the mother, and it's a whole thing. Well, if Sarah Michelle Gellar was the mother, I would, I would find a basketball and dunk it because it would be a slam dunk. But <laughs> she, a, will def- she will definitely, she will definitely not be. I mean, I think it's starting to look like Abby Elliott's going to be the mother, right? I mean. Is she was the she she well she was the big casting and she hasn't shown up in the first half of the season, I don't think. I I think I missed all the the notices about her being cast. Yeah, she was cast. Um, you know, of course, she could just be no one. As as you know, as everyone wrote, else who was potentially the mother before her has been no right. one. Right. Um. So before we wrap up, how much mother and move on to our pop culture resolutions section of the show. I want to ask you, beyond just wanting to see how it ends, which is obviously the case uh, for both of us still, is do you, can you think of another reason why I shouldn't stop watching the show? Is there a reason why you shouldn't stop yeah. watching? Uh, honestly, there is no reason other than, one, the ending, and two, my crazy, stupid theory. That gets you through 22 minutes a week without, like, slicing yourself. Exactly. It's and a it's fun great. game you can play while watching the show. Yeah, that, and that's great. Um, but ultimately, I'm, I'm so afraid that the show will just continue to crush me and will lead to my nightmare scenario ending from day one. Since As long as I've watched the show, I have feared that that was the way the show would end. And now, that ending will also, also have the implication that Ted just settled on the mother because he was in love with Robin and couldn't get her. And again, um, again, for the billionth time, it doesn't have to be that way. If they make us, even if we don't fall in love with the mother, if they at least show us that Ted really does love the mother, that'd be fine. Yeah, but if they show it to us in like a, a montage at the end of the finale, I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to say, no, Ted doesn't love the mother. Ted's wrapping it up in a neat bow for his kids in this story. Ted loves Robin. <laughs> Ted's trying to protect... Ted has not held anything back from his kids. His kids yeah. know every pussy he's been inside of but i seriously doubt in that, graphic detail that in graphic me. detail you know the show would actually have more respect for me if the, if it ended with the scene of the kids being like so wait you're really in love with aunt robin you should get a divorce like you don't really love our mother um that's way too that. clever too and they're not gonna do that no but. obviously they wanted it that way they i can i really don't believe that the show will end in any way that i can respect at this point or that will end in any way that won't completely destroy the legacy of the show for me 
you know, it, I, at this point, How Much Mother Will Go Down in History is a show that was bad for longer than it was good, you know? It had four good seasons, it will now have at least five bad seasons, unless it miraculously gets better. Uh, it's a show that, in its good years, was probably going to have a spot on my great sitcoms of all time list, and now probably will not. So do I, do I just continue to let it drag me down, as I do with many other shows that I keep watching, by the way, and shows that I keep watching even though I never love them as much as I love How Much Your Mother? Or do I get out before I just hate everything about this show? I think it's a tribute to how good the show was to stick it out until the end. Because that's, I mean, that's really why we're there. I mean, we, there, at, at one point in time, we really liked these characters. We really cared about where these characters ended up. So maybe think of it as a tribute to that show. The show that, that used to be. But see, that that's, how I, that's how I thought of it for years, and now I just feel like every time I watch it, it's like the the creators of the show were just shitting on the show that I used to love to the point that it's like watching the show is tarnishing the legacy of that show just because I feel like there's nothing good left, you know? It's just... And it's just clearly such a money machine at this point, and there's no creative force behind it that it, it, it hurts me. It hurts me, Sam. Oh, I can tell you're very upset by this. Um, well, I don't know. It's. I mean, I'm probably ultimately. I think. We I think know you're going to probably stay. keep watching the show. You know, you're going to keep. Wa- I, I'm, I'm going to throw. Sure. I'm going to throw a hissy fit for a while. I'll probably keep watching it. I I still watch Dexter. I haven't watched the last season yet, but I still watch that show. And I never liked that show as much as I liked How Much Your Mother. Her Dexter actually got better this year. But I uh, watched the first half of this season. Um, I haven't watched the second half yet, and I didn't like a single thing that was going on. So, well, I, I haven't watched. I haven't watched there. Dexter in a very long time. The last season I watched was uh, the Lithgow season, the Julia Stiles season. Was that? Oh, the you same? watched that? Okay, so you've only missed the last two then. Yeah, the last two. Well, the season after Julia Stiles with Colin Hanks was like the worst thing that's ever happened ever <laughs> to uh, anything. <laughs> to, to anything ever? No, that was that was uh, some seriously bad television. This this season, the parts that I watched weren't seriously bad television, but they weren't very good either, to the point where I may not finish the season. Um, but my point is this. If I still watch that show, I'll probably still watch this show, but I've never been closer to abandoning it, and it's still seriously in consideration that I just may drop the show for my own sake and for my memories of the show. You know, I'd like to remember it as it was, not as it became. <laughs> it's too late, Jordan. I just say stick it out, and I think you will. If I know you, I think you're going to watch the rest of this crap. Well, we'll see. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll be strong. Probably I'll be weak. But um, either way, I imagine one or more of us will talk about How I Met Your Mother again at some point on this podcast because it's a show that we all hate ourselves for watching. Um, so if we don't talk about it at the end of the season, which is probably pointless at this point because it won't be the series finale, I'm sure we'll talk about it once we figure out where season nine is going to go. So for now, it's a show on television. At least Sam and Chris will still watch it when it comes back. Probably I will as well. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Now, why don't we turn things over to a, a bit of a New Year's Eve activity here for us and talk about our pop culture resolutions for the new year. Uh, I want to start with you, Sam. So what is, a, what, a, what is a pop culture resolution for the new year for you? Um, well, my first one, since it's about trying to, to better yourself, I'm going to try as hard as I can this year to to not crap on media that I haven't experienced yet. That is that's a that's a good one. That's my goal. Because it's so easy and I do it all the time. Uh mostly because I you know I'm I'm dependent on critics a lot of times. And if if I read a bunch of critics and they say something's bad, you know what? I believe it's bad and I won't go see it but I don't think it's really fair of me to just start to rip a movie. Yeah. I can I, 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 I think I, I can say way. I, I, I criticize things that I have not seen more often than I like. And it always bothers me because I, it bothers me when other people do it as well. It's we'll give something a chance before you just shit on it. You know, maybe, maybe there's something interesting about it, even if on the whole it's bad. Well, you know, I, I was thinking about it with, um, you know, Spike Lee was criticizing Django Unchained without having seen it. And I'm like, it's fine if you want to rip Quentin Tarantino, but see the movie. Cause you sound really uninformed when you're talking about how horrible something is and how offensive it is to you. If you haven't really seen it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, 
I, I've done the same thing uh, with friends recently. Uh, Sarah and I were having a conversation recently where she was talking about how she, you know, how Lincoln was racist and that bothered her um, and hadn't seen the movie. And I was giving her shit for it. And then she was like, well, think about all of the times that you say something is terrible or something is this or something is that without having seen it. And it was, you know, a valid point. I do it all the time and I wish I didn't. Um, let me ask you this. Does this resolution mean you will just talk about things you haven't seen less or does it mean you will seek out some of the things that you otherwise wouldn't have so that you can rip on them? Um, I'm not so sure about movies because movies I will have to pay extra money. So, if, you know, if I read 10 reviews that say, I don't know, I don't know, some at the new Adam Sandler movie is worse than everything ever on earth. I'm not going to go pay $16 so I can talk about on talk with authority that it is bad. I probably just won't go see it. If there's a show that I actually, if there's, if there's a, if there's a television show that I really want to talk about and talk about why it's bad and make a point about why it's bad, I will watch it at least enough to get an idea of what I'm talking about instead of just talking out of my ass because it frustrates, you know, it frustrates me when people, rip on a television show or a movie and they say it's stupid and they haven't seen it, you know? Yeah. No, and I I think it's something that I hate in other people and I, I hate when I do it, but I still do it. So I think that's a great resolution. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and join you in that. Uh, I, obviously, I won't count it as one of my resolutions we're talking about, but... You better not. I will make a concerted effort in the new year to not rip on things I haven't seen as well. Um, so my first <laughs> though, resolution... Though I, will, though I will make note... Oh, go ahead. Of when I've read bad things about it. And I can say so-and-so critics said it was bad. But well, that's fine. Um, because at least you're relying on hearsay at that point, right? And that's totally cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a really good goal for the new year. Um, which makes my first resolution that I came up with sound dumb by comparison. Um, but I want to consistently write about music over 2013. Um, I did a lot of music review. Well, not even a lot. I did some music criticism in the early months of 2012, um, fell off as, as the summer came and as I got busy again in the fall and didn't really do much. And then was, you know, trying to write with authority at the end of the year about the albums. And I'd listened to a ton of music all year. I'd listened to enough to really be doing criticism throughout the year. I just wasn't doing it. And I think the exercise of actually writing a review about an album gives me so much more enjoyment for the album and gives me so much more authority to say like this is these are the things I like and don't like about it that I feel like if I'm going to write year end lists as I did I'd like to be able to consistently write criticism and I'd, I'd love to do the same thing for film as well but while I live in Michigan and don't have access to a car I can't I can't promise that I'll be consistently reviewing films throughout 2013 so I'd at least like to write about music consistently throughout the year so that when I get to the end of the year I have a body of criticism to look back on while I'm making my lists, as opposed to a body of things that I kind of think as I'm re-listening to things. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's definitely a good resolution to just be writing more. I, I certainly want to be writing more. Um, so I think that's a perfectly fine resolution, and it's good that you're you're concentrating on music, which is definitely something that is not my expertise, and I know that's something you're trying to grow on. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not my expertise either, and it's something I've been trying to improve on myself over the last few years. And, um, you know, I did the My Year in List feature uh, in 2011, and I've been trying to keep music criticism up. I'm doing a new My Year in List. Now's as good a time as I need to plug it, I guess. Uh, volume 2 of My Year in List will be starting uh, next Friday at the beginning of 2013, and I'll be doing that throughout the year. So it's going to be another big music year for me, and I'd like, over the last few years and over the next few years, I'd like to be able to get to a music point that's equivalent to my, my TV and movies points. Um, so that's something I want to try to do. Uh, and also, obviously, I hope to keep writing about TV throughout the years. But TV criticism is the easiest thing for me because I watch a lot of TV and it's always right in front of me as it's airing. I don't usually let things stock up in my DVR for too long. So I have, I have, I'm pretty sure that I'll be able to continue writing about TV as I have for the last several years. I'd like to write more about music. I think that's a perfectly fine, even healthy <laughs> pop culture resolution. I don't know I if I'd go good. so far as to call it healthy, but well, it's, I appreciate. It's, I know I want to. I want to work out my my writing muscles more. Definitely, I want to. Yeah, I want to get that's that always already. a goal of mine. Is you know, I I enjoy it. I think it's good for me. Uh, the, you know, the shows that I write about for Review to be named are the shows that I think the most about. Obviously, 
and and I think it, it gives me more not not just more authority to talk about the show, but it gives me more enjoyment to sit down and think, what did I think about this episode? Let me put my thoughts together in order. What do I think about the larger implications of what went on? What do I think about it as what the season or as the series is saying as a whole? I think it's a good exercise for television to increase my enjoyment of watching television. Um, and I'd like to do the same thing for music. And, you know, I I feel like I enjoy movies uh, as much as I ever have. Movies are always my, my principal passion, even as I've grown with TV and try to grow with music. I'd like to write about movies more, but I don't. I don't foresee having the opportunity in 2013. So maybe that'll be a 2014 resolution. What's uh, do you, you got another resolution for us? Um, well, one, I think I'm probably going to end up writing more for ReviewToBeNamed.com rather than just contributing to podcasts, which will be good. And yeah, um, we'll we'll be happy to have you back uh, on the writing staff. And uh, I also I, I want to try to uh, care less about award season stuff. Oh, uh, that's, that's another one that I think, I think that's been a pop culture resolution of both of ours for a few years. And I think I have, it's the equivalent of working out more. Yeah. I at least fail every single year. Cause I say, you know, we always say ultimately awards are meaningless. That's not what the art is about. Um, but when it comes Oscar night, I will still get angry and probably swear a whole lot in our Oscars live blog. When the things that I don't want to win, uh, when, when the things I want to win, don't win, etc. Or when the things that I think are the best don't even get nominated, which is very often the case. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think it might be a more doable thing to maybe not say not care about it, but maybe not get angry about it. I think that's, it's a better a better way of putting it. a more realistic resolution. Um, because, I, I mean, I'm entertained to watch, and I, I really do like seeing the good things that I like getting awards. Of course, you know, I hate... I get angry about seeing things nominated that I don't think should be nominated or people winning awards that I don't think should win awards that should go to somebody else. But I, I mean, at the same time, you know, when no country for old men wins best picture, I'm really happy about that. I'm really glad that a movie that I love got a nice award. Um, but then, you know, sometimes Sandra Bullock wins an Oscar. So, and yeah, and you'll never not be angry. About though. Here's the thing. I can't, I can't get angry about that because I haven't seen The Blind Side. I, and see, I did see The Blind Side because of my insane and increasingly insane as things like that get nominated requirement that, to see every Best Picture nominee every, uh, every year. And I watched The Blind Side and it was fucking terrible. Um, but then we get, Sandra- we, get, we get kind of a catch-22, though, because <laughs> you, 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 you see all the movies so you know that you're, you're justifying your anger. But now we're saying we shouldn't be angry. Well, no, I see all the movies as a requirement because I feel like even if they're not my favorite movies of the year and movies I wouldn't otherwise see, I feel like the Oscar nominees are part of the cultural conversation that I want to be able to take part in. So that's the real reason that I go out and see all of them. Um, now, obviously, there's a bit of a hate watch when it comes to something like The Blind Side or Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, where it's like, I know this isn't going to be a good movie going in because I've heard so much about it because I know enough about movies and about you know trailers to say like i've seen the trailer i know what this movie is going to be like enough to know that i'm probably not going to enjoy it so yeah i'm prejudging a little bit there and that's something we're going to try not to do but ultimately i see the movies because i think that i think it's a good goal to see the best picture nominees every year um and it was when i was younger it used to be more my ultimate goal you know i I didn't see as many movies when i was younger and it was well at least i'll see all the best picture nominees even if I'm missing a lot of great movies from the year, at least I'll see all of those. Now it's more of an obligation that I keep to myself because I've usually seen a great deal of movies. This year, I think I might have seen more movies than any year previously, uh, though never with enough speed to review them. Um, And so I feel like I've got a good handle on 2012 as a year in movies without seeing the Best Picture nominees, but it's just something I've always done for the last, I think, 10 years at this point, maybe even longer, and it's something I want to keep doing. Um... So that's not really a resolution, but that's a thing that I keep doing. Um, and I, I will not promise to not be angry this year, but I will, I'll join you in trying to, to decrease my, my Oscars antipathy. And I'll say this as a resolution, I would like to not break down in a cavalcade of swear words when something happens at either the Golden Globes or the Oscars. Well, we're not saying don't have any fun here. No, no, I, but swear... I will have fun. I will be angry. Because I can't promise I won't be angry. That's too big a step for me to even... That's an unrealistic resolution. That's like saying I'm going to lose 100 pounds. 
<laughs> Which hopefully So this is the resolution that we don't really mean secretly. You you said you're not going to be angry. I'm trying to make a more realistic one by saying I'm not just going to blindly swear. I'll try to have more cogent thoughts on our live blogs and in my conversations with people uh-huh. than just ranting like a crazy person. Um, so that's what I'll do. Uh, well, hopefully, hopefully we can follow through on these. Yeah, these and I'm actually going to try to go to the gym more often. I'm going to well, try. Yeah. So am I, but that's not really a pop culture resolution. No, it's not. Although Maybe I do I'll, usually I'll, get some good music listening. I was going to say, I listen to music, I listen to podcasts. And that's, see, that's another resolution that I wanted to talk about is I want to listen to more podcasts in 2013. Because um, I have a, I have a good lineup of podcasts that I quote unquote listen to, uh, which basically while I'm in law school means they stack up on my iTunes uh, playlist or whatever until they stop renewing. And I'm like, no, I want to keep getting that podcast, even though I haven't listened to it in like three months because I don't have time. So I would like to listen to more podcasts in the new year. Um, and that's something I do when I'm working out more. So hopefully those two will go hand in hand. But ultimately I, I have trouble when I'm in law school because I can listen to music while I study. I've taught myself that because otherwise I would go insane. Uh, but I can't listen to a podcast while I'm studying. I just don't get anything done. So I don't listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm in school. And that means that, you know, nine months out of the year, I'm not listening to a lot of podcasts. So one of my goals for 2013 will be to listen to more podcasts. Not just more of the ones that I already listen to, but also try to expand and listen to new different things. Because there are a lot of podcasts out there, and I think a lot of them are very good. There are so many podcasts. You, We're will, talking you will never have a right shortage now. of them. And if you're listening to our podcasts, I hope you have a healthy podcast appetite. I hope this isn't the only thing you've got. I'm, I, like <laughs> I think if, you, put on I think if you listen to our podcast, you may have a problem. If you've... If this is you, the only one you listen to. If this is the only one you listen to. Because, like I said, I like to think we put in a good show, but I guarantee you there are better podcasts out there. We're still pretty new at this. We don't even have theme music yet. All in due time. All in due time. Maybe maybe in a year or so, this podcast will be a sterling example. For now, if this is the only thing you listen to, please listen to more podcasts, because there are really good ones out there, and I need to listen to more as well. And maybe if you listen to more and tell me which ones to listen to... I'll do that and we'll help each other to meet my resolution that you probably don't care about at all, listeners. So that was a nice moment, I think, for me. Um, any other resolutions you want to talk, to talk about, Sam? I don't think so. I think all that's right. it. Those are my two big ones. Those are, those are good resolutions. Um, and we'll probably not talk about this ever again, but I hope you, uh, <laughs> I hope you do good work on them throughout the year. And you know, maybe next year, at the end of next year, we can try to see if we accomplished our goals. I think. That would be well, great. That's a great idea. Next year, we're going to talk about this on the uh, 2013 end of the year podcast. We're going to talk <laughs> about these resolutions. And throughout the year, when you shit on something I know you haven't seen, I will try to call you on it. Yeah, try, we'll, we'll try to keep each other in check. And when we're yeah. watching the awards, we'll know. Yeah, all of you listeners can also try to keep me in check because there's always a comment function on the website and on uh, our live blog, so you can comment on the live blog as it's happening and everyone can see it. So when I start swearing blindly on one of our live blogs, please go ahead and comment and say, stop doing that, you have a resolution to keep, and I will try. Um, All we can do is try. All we can do is try. We can try to be better people, Sam, and this year we will try to be better people. Um, so before we wrap <laughs> I'm like, up, and we will never speak of this again. Yeah, this will never be spoken of again. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is the shame corner of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap things up, I wanted to, to do my sappy new year's thank yous. Um, first I want to thank all of you who've listened to the podcast throughout the year. We would probably still be doing it if you didn't exist, but it makes it slightly less sad and slightly less insane to know that we have people out there listening to the podcast and hopefully enjoying it. So thank you all for giving us an hour, sometimes way more than an hour out of your week to uh, listen to us and to enjoy, hopefully, what we're talking about and to at least engage in it. Uh, so thanks thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, I also want to thank all of you who listen, who read the, the website as well. You know, all of us at Review Be Named put a lot of work into the website. Uh, we do it because we love it, but we also do it because you're out there reading it and engaging in the conversation with us, at least from time to time. Um, so thank all of you who are reading the site as well. Obviously, I want to thank everyone who's written for the website this year and everyone who's been on the podcast this year. 
Um, otherwise, renamed would just be me screaming at a wall and hoping that it transmuted to the internet somehow. If I didn't have other writers and people to talk to on the podcast, uh, this would be a much sadder experiment that I'm doing um, and probably less fulfilling for me. I really enjoy bouncing off of the other, the other writers uh, and bouncing off you when you comment on the site and being part of a cultural conversation instead of just screaming into a megaphone what I think about things. Um, so since you're the only one actually on this New Year's Eve podcast, Sam, I'll personally thank you yes. for being a part of you to be named. Um, but the rest of the staff as well, you, you know who you are if you're listening to this. If you're not, you don't know that I'm thanking you, but thank you. Um, and please keep participating in Ruby Named with me, and we'll keep having a good time for the years to come. Um, I do want to call out one other person before we wrap things up for a specific thank you, um, and that's our tech editor, Daniel. Uh, Daniel built the website, reviewname.com, before we were just a little blog off in the, the corner of the internet. Um, Daniel built reviewname.com for us. He deals with all of the technological glitches that we have oh so often because I don't know what I'm doing and screw things up. And he edits the podcast every week. So without Daniel, there would be no podcast, uh, and there would really be no reviewname.com because I don't know how to make a website work. Um, and I need him to do that. So thank you, Daniel, for making all of this possible and for making it possible for people to listen to me rant about things and think about your random people. Um, Sam, do you have anything you want to, anyone you want to thank before we finish this off? Uh, I'll just say ditto to what you said, Jordan. All right. I think you covered everyone on earth. Yeah. I really try to thank as many people as possible in this, in this thank you diatribe. And as always, I'll be writing my new year's message, which will probably be up by the time this podcast is up. So if you haven't gotten your fill of Jordan being sappy, you can go on over to reviewname.com and read that. Um, and with that, I think we're right, right to wrap things up. So I'll, I'll go ahead and plug us as I always do at the end of the show. Uh, the website is reviewyourname.com. You can go over there, read all the stuff we've been doing, read all of our list season stuff now that that's all wrapped up, and um, read all of the new features we're going to be launching in the new year, and let us know what you think. Go ahead and comment on the website there, or you can let us know at reviewyourname.gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can shoot us an email about things you like, things you don't like, or random thoughts you're having. Uh, sometimes we enjoy those random diatribes, so thank you for those. And you can follow us on Twitter at reviewyourname um, and do the same things there. So those are all of our various media outlets. Uh, we hope to hear from you on one or all of them in 2013, and we hope you'll be a part of Ruby Named. Uh, with that, Happy New Year, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Ruby Named podcast. So Happy New Year, and we hope it's a great one for you. Bye. Bye.